Welcome to a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. A live audio stream is available at the Grace Covenant website, which can be found at grace-covenant.org. Just press the listen button.
Oh, praise the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Good morning and welcome to Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church on this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I am Calvin Sidnor IV, co-pastor here at Grace Covenant, and we greet you on this beautiful Lord's Day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We welcome all who come to worship with us today, whether in person, listening over the radio airwaves, or online. We are certainly grateful and blessed by your presence. We invite you to read about the many ways to get involved in the life of the church, so we ask that you please read your bulletin. I want to highlight a few announcements. All are invited to Wednesday night supper for a fellowship over a meal. Our program uh, this Wednesday evening will be by our director of music, Chris Martin, and it will be on his 2022 historic organ study tour in southwestern France. So that will be very exciting. Also, the fifth Sunday luncheon is next Sunday, October the 30th, following the worship service. That will be held in the fellowship hall. This will be a great time for fellowship, again, over a great meal prepared by our chef, Ammon Kelly. We do ask that you RSVP at the location that is in your bulletin. This will help Chef Kelly and those assisting with the preparations. Also, a suggested donation of $5 or more is appreciated. The nominating committee seeks recommendations for elders, deacons, and the nominating committee. In prayerful consideration, please submit the names of those whose gifts will serve Christ in our community here at Grace Covenant. You are also invited to share your name to the committee if you feel led by the Spirit to serve in a particular ministry. The deadline for submissions is November the 4th. Sunday, November the 13th, during the regular worship service, we will be having a service of remembrance for our members and those who have died uh, during the pandemic from March 2020 to the present. We invite a family member of a member who died or a representative to light a candle of remembrance during that service. Lastly, know that our prayer team is in continual prayer for the specific concerns submitted on the prayer cards as well as for our general membership here at Grace Covenant, the leadership of the local church, and the world. Let us keep each other in prayer, especially those people who are on our congregational prayer list, which is found in our bulletin. Prayer changes things. Let us now prepare our hearts and our minds to worship the living God. Please stand. Please join together in the call to worship as printed in our bulletin. Our hearts are ready, O Lord. Our hearts are ready. We will sing and make melody. We will awaken the dawn. We will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. We will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Once again, welcome to a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. Today's date is October 23, 2022. This morning's sermon, entitled, God Have Mercy on Us, will be delivered by Reverend Joanna W. Sidner, Covenant Co-Pastor. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, Director of Music and Organist, the Chancel Choir, Dana McKnight, Liturgist, 
Reverend Calvin Sidney IV, Covenant Co-Pastor, and Reverend Dr. Nelson Reevely, Pastor for Discipleship with A Minute for Stewardship. Our opening hymn is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, which is number 478 in the Presbyterian Hymnal. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Please join me as in freedom we confess the wrong we have done using the prayer printed in the bulletin. Awesome and compassionate God, you have loved us with unfailing, self-giving mercy, but we have not loved you. You constantly call us, but we do not listen. You ask us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, as you come to us in mercy, we repent in spirit and in truth, admit our sin, and gratefully receive your forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Hear these comforting words. If you repent and believe in God's redeeming mercy, your sins are forgiven. Trust in God's promises and begin anew your life with God and all peoples in the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.
You may be seated. At this time, children ages two to six are invited to come to the front of the sanctuary where volunteers will lead them to the fellowship hall for children's chapel and childcare for the remainder of the worship service. They will be in the back of the fellowship hall for pickup following. Nursery care is also available for children under the age of two and they will be in room 103. We're certainly so thankful for all of our young children. Let us now prepare our hearts for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, help us turn our hearts to you and hear what you will speak. For you speak peace to your people through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 84, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are in the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The New Testament scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, use me as your vessel to speak the truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our sermon title 
is God have mercy on us. In today's passage, Jesus continues the theme of prayer. The previous passage in Luke 18, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge, taught the need for persistent prayer, to pray always and not to lose heart. Following in verses 9 through 14, Jesus addressed those who trusted in themselves that were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Jesus' lesson was about two men who went to the temple to pray. One of the men was a Pharisee and the other man was a tax collector. At first glance, one might expect the Pharisee to be a faithful, dedicated, religious leader and the tax collector to be just the opposite. One who was despised, deceitful, and notorious for collecting more money than that was required. During their time, Jesus' time, it was common to see Pharisees praying in the temple. What was quite uncommon was to see a tax collector praying in the temple. However, as we look at the posture and words of each man's prayer, we get a better picture of the character of each of them. We get a glimpse into their hearts. And we know as believers in Christ that our triune God looks at what is in the heart and not at the outside appearance. In the parable, the Pharisee was the first of the two men to address God in prayer in verse 11, which says, the Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. The Pharisee's posture says a lot about how he might have felt in the moment he addressed God in prayer. He is standing by himself. Now we know someone else was there because, in the temple because the scripture tell us that two men went to the temple to pray, yet the Pharisee is standing by himself. The Pharisee's position of standing by himself leads us to believe that maybe he did not want to be associated with the tax collector or want anyone to think he was associated with the tax collector because tax collectors were dishonest and untrustworthy people. Have you ever been in a place where someone standing near you didn't look quite right to you? It may have been the way they were dressed, the color of their skin, or their untidy appearance. Maybe they had an odor about them, and you just had to distance yourself from that individual. You did not want anyone to think that he or she was with you. God, have, have mercy on me. I have done that. I was in an uncomfortable place, and so I moved to a more comfortable space. Have you ever done that? The Pharisee intentionally separated himself from the tax collector, a self-righteous action, a self-righteous position, standing by himself. Or was it? The word Pharisee, from which their name derived, means separated one. Was the Pharisee's action of standing alone merely an act of religious duty? The Pharisee started his prayer off with a bang, God, and then everything after that went downhill. I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves and rogues, adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. To whom does he think he's talking to? Did he forget that he was talking to the all-knowing, all-seeing, almighty God? Four times in these two verses, the Pharisee uses the pronoun I to exalt himself before God. 
The eyes have exposed the Pharisee's self-righteousness as he boasts about what he is not and what he has done. He glorifies himself where God, the tax collector, and anyone else present can hear. Bible scholars note the Pharisees in the time of Jesus were respectable religious leaders who were zealously uh, preserved God's covenant by practicing holiness as dictated in the Torah. You shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. In their view, the best way to keep the covenant relationship with God and be holy was to separate themselves from all that was unclean. Fasting was required on the Day of Atonement. Tithing was required only for some items. Here, the Pharisee practices above and beyond the legal requirements. The Pharisee fasts twice a week and gave a tenth of everything. Luke 16 and 15 says, So he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is prized by humans is an abomination in the sight of God. Friends, Jesus is not saying that we cannot go above and beyond in giving to the church to those in need, and in God's mission to the world. But what he is saying is to do it from the heart and don't boast about it. I wonder what the tax collector was thinking. I imagine Jesus' intent was to show the tax collector so attuned to God in that moment that he did not hear nor did he care about the self-righteous prayer of the Pharisee. I imagine he was so moved by the Holy Spirit that he could not say anything but, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He could not even stand close, but stood at a distance, for the burden of his sinfulness weighed heavy upon him. God, be merciful to me. He would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And doesn't that say it all coming from a tax collector? By contrast, the tax collector stands far off, a position that anticipates his confession of unworthiness before God. Beating his breast, he signifies how grieved he is and remorseful for his sins. God, be merciful to me. A sinner. Have you ever been like the tax collector, praying to God? Have you ever humbled yourself before God and asked for forgiveness? As I read the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, I wondered about the deeper meaning of what Jesus said through the tax collector's prayer. I imagine the words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, could be something like the passage titled, I Confess, in the American author, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader Howard Thurman's book, Meditations of the Heart. It reads as follows. I confess my own share in the ills of the times. I have shrieked from my responsibilities as a citizen. I have not been wise in casting my ballot. I have left to others a real interest in making a public opinion worthy of democracy. I have been concerned about my own little job, my own little securities, my own little own shelter, and my own bread. I have not really cared about the jobs of others, 
the security of others, the bread for others. I have not worked for peace, I want peace, but have not voted or worked, but I have voted and worked for war. I have silenced my own voice that it may not be heard on the side of any cause, however right, if it meant running risks or damaging my own little reputation. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Let, they, let thy light burn in me that I may from this moment on take effective steps with my own, within my own powers that live up to the light and courageously to pay for the kind of world I so deeply desire. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Brothers and sisters, God is pleased when we show humility in his presence and all who humble themselves will be exalted, justified by faith. Are you a self-righteous person or do you put God and others before self? Do you have an exclusive circle of friends or are you friendly? to all people. The scripture shows us when we humble ourselves, putting God and others first, God will exalt us. The tax collector went down from the temple to his home justified because he humbled himself in the presence of God. This is what is called the divine reversal. Jesus turns things upside down. The exalted are brought low and the humble are exalted. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, we see many examples of the divine reversal. In chapter 1, verses 51 through 53, he says, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He will fill the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. In chapter 6, 20 through 26, Jesus speaks to the disciples, the blessings and the woes, the divine reversal where the kingdom of God is for the poor. The hungry are filled and those who weep will laugh. And conversely, the rich will be or are already paid in full. Those who are full will be hungry and those who laugh now will mourn now. Luke goes on in chapters 14, 15, and 16 with examples of how God lifts up those who are humble. God have mercy on us. When we humble ourselves and put God and others first, not only will God exalt us, but we will experience true happiness. As believers in Christ, we are called to be friendly to all people not just to our inner circle of friends, and to help those who are in need. The surprising twist of Jesus' conclusion of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector challenges us to examine anew the values and the standards by which we live and practice our faith. The Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 13 and 2, and if I have prophetic power and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We should be humble before God, loving towards others. We are called to apply the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector to our daily lives. Daily, we need to guard against self-righteousness on the job, in and around our communities, and even in our church. We need to humbly work God's mission, not telling everyone how great we are because we fed and clothed the homeless, rather work diligently and get God and let God do the boasting. He does it the best. God will exalt us higher than we ever can exalt ourselves. That is God's promise. 
Proverbs 19 and 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord will be repaid in full. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Jesus teaches disciples, multitudes of people, as well as Pharisees. While the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector appears to be a lesson directed towards the Pharisees, I believe it is a lesson for all people. Jesus says in the last verse, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down from his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The operative word being all. Each and every time we go before God, all of us will have to choose whether or not to boast of great accomplishments and our obedience to God or to humbly ask, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, have mercy on us today if we do not learn the lesson in Jesus' parable because the good news today is we can live in God's love, loving God and neighbor as ourselves, not boasting about it, but going to the Lord privately in prayer with humble hearts. Continue to thank God and ask God for grace and mercy in our lives, recognizing that Jesus Christ, his only son, through whom we have our salvation, is the light to the world. God, have mercy on us. Amen. Amen. Beloved, if you want assurance of the kingdom of God, all that is required is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus' church is open to all. If you are searching for a church home where you can participate in the life and the body of Christ, Pastor Calvin and I would love to talk to you. It could be here at Grace Covenant. It could be somewhere else. But we want you to find the right worship community for you. To God be the glory. Please stand. As we sing hymn 298, there's a wideness in God's mercy. You are listening to a recording of the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You just heard this morning's sermon entitled, God Have Mercy on Us, which was delivered by Reverend Joanna W. Sidner, Covenant Co-Pastor. The congregation will now join in singing, There's a Wideness in God's Mercy, which is number 298 in the Presbyterian Hymn. Brothers and sisters, having heard God's word proclaimed and responded in song, let us now respond by affirming what we believe together, using the Apostles' Creed as printed in our bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. Let us join in together as we go to the Lord in prayer for this world. Let us pray. We praise you, God our Creator, for your handiwork in shaping and sustaining your wondrous creation. We especially thank you for the miracle of life and the wonder of living, for new life across all creation, for waking to a new day. We give thanks for the particular blessings of coming uh, to us on this day, the ability to gather together in your name to worship you and to fellowship with one another. Thank you for the resources of this earth that enable us to live and grow actively in this world. For the gifts of creative vision and skillful craft that help us build and construct things that are useful, things that are beautiful. For the treasures stored in each and every human life and the opportunity to share our treasures with one another. Lord, we pray for others, God our Savior, claiming your love in Jesus Christ for the whole world and committing ourselves to share with those around us in his name. We pray especially for those who work for the benefit of others, for the first responders and others responding to nat uh, natural disasters like the recent hurricane for floods and other disasters both here and around the world, for those victims of gun violence and other crimes, for those who cannot work today, Lord, due to job loss or loss of ability. We pray for those who teach. We pray for those who learn. We pray for their safety and well-being each and every day. Lord, we lift up those who are poor and sick in need of assistance, that they are directed to and given the resources and the tools to get them back on their feet, that they might be sustained. We pray that you provide those who are sick with health services and treatments that make them well again. Lord, we pray that you will calm the anxiety of those awaiting test results or those going to test, O oh Lord, uh, that you will calm their spirits, hold their hands. Lord, let them know that it will be well right. We pray, Lord, for countries at war like the Ukraine and Russia. Lord, that you will bring a speedy resolution to an already long and painful conflict. We pray for our local, our state, and federal government, 
that the individuals therein, Lord, will work in the best interest of the people they serve. Lord, we pray for your church, both here and around the world, that each member will be committed to love God, to love neighbor as self, and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, our creator, yours is the morning, yours is the evening. Let Christ, the son of righteousness, shine forever in our hearts and draw us to the light of your abundant glory. We pray these things, O Lord, in Jesus Christ's name, who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, we will have a minute uh, for stewardship by Reverend Nelson Reevely. Grace and peace, everyone. I first just want to give thanks to everybody and to the movement of the Holy Spirit for how much energy and care folks pour into the ministries here at Grace Covenant week in and week out. Ministries of worship, music, and prayer. Ministries of fellowship, congregational care, and pastoral care. And ministries of service to our neighbors near and far. Your time and talent on these fronts are such enormous blessings. And in stewardship season, we also are focused on your treasure, of course, as well, in addition to your time and talent. Because your donations to support the ministries of this church are likewise crucial and so deeply appreciated. This morning, I'm charged with touching on the work of the Discipleship Committee. Now, the Discipleship Committee was formed in the spring of 2021 as a merger of the Mission Committee and the Christian Ed Committee under the recognition that cultivating the love of God and the love of our neighbors as ourselves are so deeply intertwined. The Discipleship Committee's stated purpose is to train and equip grateful disciples of Christ through the study of scripture, fellowship of prayer, and outreach and service to neighbors near and far. We tend to think of these as equipping the head and the heart and the hands to love God and neighbor in our everyday lives. And we seek to do that through book and scriptural studies, Sunday school classes, children's chapel, Wednesday night supper programs, uh, the prayer team, blood drives, medical mission trips to Honduras, volunteering with places like Shalom Farms and STEP, as well as raising funds to support neighbors uh, in need near and far, which this past year has included aid for Ukrainian refugees, as well as aid for a sister church in Mayfield, Kentucky that was flattened by a tornado. We also work on organizing regular donations to Feed More on the first Sunday of the month so that as we share in the bread of life in the Lord's Supper, we can also share bread with our neighbors. And the Discipleship Committee, too, administers the Loaves and Fishes Fund, which, as many of you know, half goes towards providing emergency relief for local families facing financial difficulties, and half of which goes to support international missions in Honduras and Moldova. There's a lot going on with the Discipleship Committee, and I also just want to take this as a moment to note if folks have ideas for fostering the love of God and neighbor in our congregation, please don't hesitate to shout out. Let me or Jonanna or Calvin know. We're always open and eager for movements of the Spirit. And two, if anyone would like to join the Discipleship Committee, it is always an open door as well. Sisters and brothers, ultimately your financial contributions make an enormous difference through the Discipleship Committee as well as the other ministries that you've been hearing about these last few weeks.
Your contributions are not only appreciated deeply, but they're also needed and they matter. They literally make Grace Covenant possible under God. So as you consider your pledge and donation this year, please give generously, give robustly, ultimately give as the Spirit moves you. And may we continue to grow and deepen the love of God and neighbor in our head, heart, and hands together this year and unto the kingdom come. Thank you all. Grace and peace. Thank you, Reverend Reevely. Let us give thanks to the Lord with all our being. In the company of the upright, let us honor God for the blessings and goodness we have received. Responding to God's invitation, I invite each of us to offer our gifts today for the work of the ministries of worship and Christian education, ministries of fellowship and congregational care, ministries of service to our neighbors near and far. As the ushers pass the plates, please place your attendance cards, your prayer requests, and offering in the plate. For those of you worshiping with us from home, we encourage you to continue your financial ministry by sending your offer either through the mail, your bank, or online at www.grace-covenant.org backslash give hyphen online. Please give as the Spirit leads you, and to God be the glory for the blessings of our lives.
Almighty God, creator of all things, with gratitude for goodness, we present these gifts to share, accept and use our offerings for your glory and for the service of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Please join us in singing hymn 354, verses 1 through 4. Guide my feet. opportunity to fellowship with one another immediately following the worship service. We will have refreshments in the social room and all are welcome. Brothers and sisters, as you go through the week, don't be afraid to humble yourself and ask God for God's mercy, for we know God will lift you up. Now receive the blessing. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Your announcer has been John Harris, and the engineer was Steve Kemp. This service was recorded on October 23, 2022.